The 2022 State Fair Classic. Grambling State versus Prairie View A&M. Saturday, October 1st at the Cotton Bowl. One ticket gets you into the fair and the big game. Also, Grammy Award winning Ashanti Live. Then the Classic kicks off at a new time, 6 p.m. New coaches, old rivalry, and an iconic halftime battle of events. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Visit StateFairClassicFootball.com. Sponsored in part by City of Dallas. Dallas Sports Commission. McDonald's Black and Positively Golden. Chevy. Cricket Wireless. Methodist Hospital. You've got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Friday, September 2nd. I'm Donald Ware. Guess what? It's Friday! Of course, on Fridays, we preview the HBCU National Game of the Week. And the game is going to take place in Miami Gardens, Florida, between Jackson State and Florida A&M. And Interestingly enough, this year, we're not talking about or not at the forefront is the actual matchup between these two heavyweight football teams. You're talking about this game, just like last year's game. Last year's game was the determined was the determining game in terms of who won the SWAC's Eastern Division. Of course, Jackson State won this game seven to six, went on to win the SWAC championship. Also, meanwhile... You look at Florida A&M, Florida A&M was left out of the SWAC championship game, but did receive an at-large berth to the FCS playoffs. The two storylines here, you, you can't talk about the game without talking about these two things and not particularly in this order. I think from a humanity standpoint, we'll say the first thing is the Jackson water crisis. There's a water crisis uh, in Jackson and... Um, where the residents can't even get water to drink, to bathe, um, et cetera. You know, it's a very unfortunate situation. Um, What Jackson State uh, and head coach Deion Sanders uh, have done is uh, be able to get those players into uh, better accommodations where they can shower, drink, eat, um, et cetera. So they're prepared. Jackson State is prepared. There's no question Um, about that but you have this water crisis and you know we got to ask this question right uh you know you have jackson uh, jackson mississippi which is a 79 percent has a 79 percent black population uh the the last quarter uh, the last water crisis at least that either got the most national news i think was in flint michigan flint michigan has uh something like a 56 percent black population. So you have to ask yourself, uh, or the question needs to be asked, why are we having these issues in terms of, of, of water, uh, problems in cities where you have a high black population that needs to be addressed. The second thing is Florida A&M and it's 26 players that are ineligible. Now, as of 7 o'clock, so we're recording this at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, or 7.02 to be exact, Eastern time uh, on Thursday evening, no players, none of the 26 players have that were ineligible. And for those that don't know, I mean, uh, Florida A&M played a Power 5 school in UNC last week, lost that football game, a valiant effort, but is missing 26 players, including only having eight offensive linemen 
to travel with. Two of those offensive linemen got hurt. Now, I, I, I thought I saw in this game where Jackson State, even though the game is in Miami Gardens, Florida, and it's the, uh, the Orange Blossom Classic, I thought I saw where Jackson State is the home team. I, I don't know how that works. When you're at home, you can, have, you can dress out more players uh, than when you're on the road. I mean, when you're on the road, I think it's like 55 players or something like that. You can dress more out uh, when you're at home. So, I mean, those are some decisions. And, and, and listen, even you have, really, if you think about it, so we have Friday, Saturday, and part of Sunday. So you have almost 72 hours to get players cleared. Florida A&M has 72 hours to get players cleared. In his Monday press conference, head coach Willie Simmons uh, talked about the fact that even last week, uh, Florida A&M was able to put one of its players on a plane to be able to play in that game. And, you know, again, I've got to reiterate this. Uh, you know, it's a couple of factors here uh, with this whole debacle. Uh, really, number one, Florida A&M just doesn't have it together. Um, it's 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 very unfortunate um, that players have been misadvised. So when we say ineligible, we don't mean bad grades. We mean uh, per se. Uh, we mean uh, that players aren't certified. So you are ineligible. In, in in I mean, in essence, you are ineligible. But they weren't certified to be able to play in this football game. They were advised of some classes to take and uh, did not. Uh, uh, for whatever reason, those classes were, were passed, but they, they weren't the classes they need, all of that. And so you have this situation. That's a, it's a shame um, for Florida A&M, but, I, but even, even more so, I think if you're, you know, the NCAA, you have to look at this situation. Don't punish the student athlete. Don't, if you're the, listen, NCAA, don't punish the student athlete. The student athlete didn't have anything to do with this. My understanding, however, is that there are the Florida A&M is working with the NCAA. Uh, also, SWAC officials have come in to work with Florida A&M as well to try to get some players certified. But again, 26 players were not certified as of last Sunday. And here Thursday at now 7.05 p.m. Eastern, still no players are, are certified. When this, of course, uh, Friday... Uh, right. We'll see if that changes. But again, you have up until game time on Sunday uh, for players to be certified. This presents a challenge. No question about it. It presents a bit of a challenge for Florida A&M in so many respects. Number one, you don't have one of the best players in college football in Isaiah land, at least as we stand uh, right now. OK, reeks have it all over the field. You don't have, if you're Florida A&M, a B.J. Bowler. Uh, uh, defensive back, both of those guys, uh, HBCU All-Americans. You have neither one uh, of those guys. How many offensive linemen do you now have? Do you now have to play true freshmen? Now, I think one of the things is, I mean, and I don't know. I mean, I know, I can tell you this. I know Willie Simmons and his staff is going to be prepared for this football game, but a lot has been taken away. I mean, you look at this. A lot of the preparation, maybe, and, and he's got a really good staff, but uh, Willie Simmons has had to address a lot of this uh, through, I don't think, any any fault of his own. I mean, when you have staff, and in this case, a compliance 
uh, person, athletics director, et cetera, those, though they are supposed to make sure that student athletes are ready to go and certified, not the football coach. I'm sure the football coach preaches to the guys, make sure you're going to class. They probably even make sure that the guys are going to class in some instances. Okay. But back to football on the field, you know, they have to get creative. Maybe you have to have some defensive linemen move over to offensive line. Uh, especially if you have freshmen or players that aren't truly ready to play, okay? You look at Musa last week. I mean, he was solid. I thought he was solid against North Carolina. He threw a couple of touchdowns uh, and and held Florida A&M close. I mean, Florida A&M had some opportunities there, did not capitalize on some of those opportunities. So, you know, but that offensive line is going to be big. Will Florida A&M be able to run the football? You know, I think, will Musa be able to have um, some success because when you look at that Jackson State defense and you're talking about the likes of an Aubrey Miller or Shiloh Sanders or Travis Hunter, I mean, that that is a daunting task for any quarterback, uh, but I think Musa can be up to the task, uh, but he's got to have some kind of offensive line that can A, protect him, but also can open up holes for that Florida A&M running game. He's going to need some help uh, in the running game, no question um, about that. When I look at Jackson State, uh, weapons all over the place. I talked about a couple of those guys uh, on the defensive side of the football. I mean, when you look at it offensively, I mean, you know, it's Shador Sanders, the quarterback. Uh, you know, he's he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, completed, what, close to 70% of his passes as a true freshman. Um I mean, I just don't, and he's had a whole year under his belt, under his belt. You know, in this game last year, it was his first collegiate game. It was a big time atmosphere. It was against a tough opponent. Um, I think, I think he, he, he may have scored the only touchdown in the game. I think it was on a run. So, you know, his mindset is a little bit different and and more advanced last year than it was at this, uh, this year than it was at the same time last year, having gone through uh, the battles uh, of playing college football and through a SWAC season and really uh, going against a tough South Carolina State defense as well. So you know he's going to be ready to rock and roll. That offensive line um, is going to be very, very solid uh, for Jackson State. He's got a plethora of receivers to throw the football to. So, uh, you know, Jackson. Uh, I think Jackson State is more prepared for this football game. Um now, if Florida A&M had an Isaiah Land or had a B.J. Bowler or had its prime offensive lineman, would it be a little different? I think that that is the case, and we'll see. I mean, I'm going to predict this game as we stand right now, okay? I can't, I can't go on what may be and will Florida A&M get some players certified? I mean, you know, the university has put itself really in this predicament. So I will say this. Um, I just don't, I think Florida A&M is undermanned. You know, I think Musa can get some things done uh, for Florida A&M from the quarterback position. Um, but man, it's going to be tough against a talented Jackson State team. I think w- the advantage that the Rattlers have, is, uh, a couple, A, it played a valiant game and all things considered a pretty solid football game against North Carolina on last week. Two, it has a game under its belt. I think that is an advantage for Florida A&M where Jackson State hasn't played a game. 
But I think the cards, to me, the deck is stacked too much against Florida A&M um, uh, in terms of where we stand right now, not having uh, big-time players, especially on the defensive side of the football. Where's the offensive line going to look? And then if I look at Jackson State, uh, they've got a pretty stout defense, and that offense is pretty good led by Shador Sanders. I can't really give you a score, um, but I think that Jackson State wins this football game, the Orange Blossom Classic uh, in Miami Gardens against Florida A&M. Jackson State with the victory, and thus, at that moment, will control, in essence, its own destiny uh, in terms, I mean, all the other schools, I mean, Florida, I mean, the bottom line is, of course, Jackson State controls its own destiny, as does all the other teams that are in the Eastern Division. But I guess my point is, Florida A&M, then at that point, does not control its own destiny. Your thoughts. You can always hit us up on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. So that's our big time game. We've got a great, you know, you've got some really good games. Um, We had some games uh, on Thursday. Uh, We've got some games Saturday. We've got some games on Sunday. You can take a look at our scoreboard on our website at BoxToRow.com to get the full rundown of the HBCU schedule for week one. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, where, of course, if you're watching us, you can watch us on our YouTube page. You can also listen on our website at BoxToRow.com. And you can also listen at iHeartMedia.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, it's Labor Day weekend. Have a, I, I know I'm going to have a great weekend. I got... You know, I'm going to be in Charlotte for that Aggie Eagle Classic between North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but the weekend's going to be great. I got a, I got a food uh, lined up, uh, getting on the grill, you know, on Sunday, uh, smoking a, 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 a pork butt on Monday, right? So, I, you know, we're going to do some, um, some oysters, shuck some oysters and do some oyster Rockefeller uh, on the grill as well. So I'm looking forward to this uh, weekend. I can't really say it's a long weekend because on Monday, I mean, I'm going to be right back with you uh, on Monday. And then, of course, we have the uh, the the HBCU media poll that's going to be released as well as the HBCU uh, FCS coaches poll as well. Have a great weekend and I'll talk with you on Monday.